It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And I want to welcome you to Calvary Live. I'm your host today on the Tuesday edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. And I am so glad to be back with you after being gone for the last couple of weeks. I was in Israel. I was leading a study tour the last couple of weeks. Just got back on Friday. And it was a wonderful trip as we got to see the land that Jesus walked and the prophets and uh, going to the different sites all around Israel from Caesarea on the coast where Paul uh, in the theater would give his uh, his testimony before Agrippa to Mount Carmel where Elijah called down fire from heaven, the Valley of Megiddo, the Sea of Galilee, Caesarea Philippi up north where Peter made his confession to the Dead Sea and all over Jerusalem. It was a wonderful trip but I am glad to be back with you and back live with you on Calvary Live. I'd love to talk to you uh, about the Bible and Christian living. Uh, take your prayer request. The number to call is 303-690-3000. So now's the time to grab one of those open lines. Again, the telephone number to be live on the air is 303-690-3000. And there is a text line that you can text a question, and that number is 720 720- Three three six, zero eight nine seven, and so I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord, about Jesus, about the things of God to point you to the Scriptures. Uh, let's have a wonderful hour here as we just commit it to the Lord. I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range in Colorado, uh, from Colorado Springs, even uh, further south in Pueblo, all the way up to southern Wyoming, and also the Hope FM listeners on the East Coast. You can call that same number, 303-690-3000, to be live on the air, or text a question at 720-336-0897. We'd love to hear from you in Maryland or uh, in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and we want to welcome you as well to Calvary Live. The lines are open, so uh, you make the show. This is a show where we want to bless you, answer your questions. And I'm sure that perhaps some of you, that you need prayer. I'm sure that uh, some of you that are listening, that there are some heavy things that are on your heart. There are some difficulties that you're going through. Uh, you don't have to be super specific about your prayer requests. The Lord knows the details, but I'd love to pray with you, and those who are listening will join in as well. So uh, give me a call at 303-690-3000. And speaking of difficulty, I just want to start as we're waiting for phone calls to come in uh, with Psalm 34. It was a psalm that David wrote when he was going through a very difficult time. And he writes in verse 4, that I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him, and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, and blessed is the man who trusts in him. And so what I pray for this next hour, that we would taste and see that the Lord is good, and that I would encourage you, uh, we would encourage one another uh, in turning to the Lord and looking to him, 
because he is true and he's faithful and he desires to minister in this next hour. And so this this show, Calvary Live, is more than just academics. It's more than just answering questions. That's important. But it's a show to minister to you. So we want to be able to do that. Let's go to the phone lines to line one, Michael from Denver. Michael? Michael, you on the, you're on the air. Michael, if you're still there, I don't know if you dropped, but he wanted some prayer. We'd love to pray with you. If you can call back. If not, we can just take time um, when we get a minute, and the Lord knows what you're dealing with. Let's go to line two to Bianca. How are you doing? Good, Bianca. How are you? Well, I'm doing pretty awesome, the Lord has. I guess I'll do my... I'll do my praise report first, and then I'll do my prayer request. But the Lord's just really been faithful, and He has been answering some prayers. And I just want to praise the Lord, because I never really took the time to say this, but a year ago, I the Lord led me to create my Facebook group called Pray for Israel, and I believe the Lord's really been using that group in a powerful way. And so I just want to encourage all of you that if there's anyone out there that's not a member of my group, Pray for Israel, and you're interested in being in that group, that you would join it because it's really a way for the missionaries in Israel to know that we're praying for them. But of course, we also pray for the Jewish people and other things related to Israel, which reminds me, next Tuesday we are having our Pray for Israel event again, as we usually have it on the second and fourth Tuesday of each month. So mark your calendars every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to pray for Israel. And my... Were you going to say something? No, go ahead. That's wonderful. And my prayer request is for salvation. Keep praying for salvation for my unsaved family members as you've been praying. But we just are in desperate need of prayer right now as we've been going through spiritual warfare in my family. Yes, I'd love to do that, Bianca. It's good to hear from you. Um, We had a wonderful trip in Israel, and you know, Bianca, the prayer for Israel, for the missionaries that are there, because it is a hard mission field there, just like it is anywhere. And, um, you know, God is preparing the people for what he has. And uh, we're told to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And uh, we want to pray for uh, God's people because he's not done. And it's very sobering to, um, as you go to Israel, you look at the history. And I like to call it Israel rather than the Holy Land. Because yeah. Israel t- ties in the old with the present and with the future. 
and uh, you know the the centuries, the millenniums, uh, four thousand years ago, uh, Abraham coming in, and, and then God is going to keep His promise even as He made to Abraham, and that's yet future that He's going to restore the nation, open their eyes, and He's preparing them right now for that. And uh, so we want to pray, and uh, they're the apple of God's eye, and um, I appreciate your ministry. So again, um, the second and fourth Tuesdays, as Bianca yes. has the Facebook uh, page, uh, Prayer for Israel. And, uh, it's I know a that, group, it's not a page. Yeah. Okay, it's a group, and um, so they'll be doing that again starting next Tuesday. And why don't we pray for your family, Bianca, and yeah. uh, Father... I do pray for her family uh, as she has unsaved members. I think that everyone who's listening has unsaved members of their family. But I specifically right now pray for Bianca's. You know who they are. There's great spiritual warfare, uh, resistance. But, Lord, I pray that you would uh, break through all of that, that you would take the blindness away uh, from those who aren't seeing, soften their hearts, draw them by your Holy Spirit, Help Bianca to minister to them, uh, to give the right words to uh, give to them that will touch their hearts. But we know it's a work of the Holy Spirit that that He would draw them in every way, tearing down those barriers and uh, bringing them uh, and convicting them their need of Christ. And I pray also for all those who are listening who have family members that, Lord, that aren't saved, all of us do. And, Lord, we just lift them up to you, uh, spouses, children, uh, close relatives, um, brothers, sisters, we lift them all up to you. Um, and Lord, that you would do a work, a mighty work of revival in their hearts and in the families uh, that, uh, Lord, right now are listening and desiring to see salvation come to their home. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much. And we'll talk next week. Okay, Bianca, God bless And you. if you remember, see if you can start out the program next week by praying for Israel, since we will be doing our event. Okay, I'll put a note on it right now. Okay, All right, Bianca. then, thank you, bye. Thank you. Hey, let's go back to line one to Michael. Michael, are you with us? I made it this time. Good. How are you? Uh, I'll be honest. I'm blessed of God. He's doing a good job of taking care of me. But I am dealing with some things right now because of my foolishness and stupidity and doing things in such a way that I were wrong. I've brought some consequences upon myself financially and such. And... Um, I'm having, it's challenging me in my walk right now, (laughs) to say the least. Um, and I don't have the means to deal with this. So I'm, 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 I'm finding my, my faith being exercised and that God being faithful to his promises will be there to help me in this time. And I just need some prayer for that. Okay. I'd love to. Father, I pray for Michael. He's dealing with some stuff. Um, Lord, he desires to see your faithfulness, and none of us are strong enough to go through the trials. You know exactly what he's going through, um, the consequences that he's experiencing. Uh, he's forgiven. 
But Lord, also, I just pray that you help him to keep his eyes on you, that you would help him to look to you, and Lord, to rest in your love and to stand on your promises. I pray that you'd help him in every way, in the challenges and difficulties uh, and the hurts that he's going through and the needs that he has. You know everything about him. I pray that you do that incredible work in his life, that he would see your faithfulness. And, Lord, that uh, he would grow in faith and that you would strengthen him, give him wisdom, again, provision, guidance in every way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Amen. Michael. Thank we'll you, Pastor Jeff, you, and brother. welcome home. Welcome Thank home. you. I appreciate Back it. From Israel. It's, it's, it's good to be home. So, All right. All right the God. Number to, God bless you. Thank you, Michael. Uh-huh. Okay. Let me give you that number again, 303-690-3000, how this works. When somebody hangs up, then there's an open line. So grab one of those open lines. We've got a couple open lines, and I'd love to hear from you and uh, pray with you. I know some of you need prayer. I'd love to pray with you in any way that I can. Let's go to line three to December from Centennial. You're on Calvary Live. Hi, Pastor. How are you doing today? I am good. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Um, so I had a question about denominations in the Christian faith. Um, when I became a believer, I've been um, just attending non-denominational churches, because that's just where my family goes, so I go. So I moved, and uh, me and my husband were looking for a uh, home church, and the church uh, that we're going to... Um, is Presbyterian, if I'm saying that okay. right. Um, yeah, you're saying it right. Okay. But to me, they seem like a non-denominational church, like what they uh, teach, uh, you know, uh, verse by verse uh, from God's Word. And I just feel like it is a good church, but I just I don't know what Presbyterian denomination is. Well, you know, it's interesting because um, I was married in a Presbyterian church, there's there's different denominations of the Presbyterian. The main Presbyterian, I believe, is the Presbyterian USA. And the Presbyterian USA, uh, over the last uh, several years, have gone uh, in a direction of uh, very liberal theology, um, mm-hmm. accepting homosexuality, um, and um, just getting further away from the Scriptures is what we see. Now, there are some other Presbyterian uh, denominations that are conservative. And it sounds like to me, if you're going to one who's doing uh, expository teaching, you're probably in one that's more conservative, still stand on the Scriptures, still believe that God's Word is um, the Word of God, uh, the mm-hmm. inspiration, the authority, the infallibility of the Word of God. So I wouldn't be afraid to um, the church that you are, to ask them about that, to ask the pastor, the leadership. Uh, one of the things here at Calvary Chapel that uh, we've seen so many new people that uh, we're going to be uh, having a time where new people coming uh, evening to meet with them, to answer any questions they might have uh, so they understand the statement of faith uh, of Calvary Chapel. And so you can ask, ask those questions of the leadership of the of the pastor but if they're doing verse-by-verse teaching, it sounds like, they're probably more conservative. So there's more than one 
denomination, Presbyterian denomination. And, and here's the thing um, about denominations, December, is that um, it, it doesn't really matter the name of the church. Uh, you know, if it's non-denomination, denominational, denominations can bring division in the body of Christ, um, but, you know, not all of them do. And the important thing is they stand on the uh, the authority of the Word of God, um, that they are a church, that they love Jesus, and, um, and that they're uh, a church that is being directed and guided by the Holy Spirit. So don't be afraid to ask those questions of the leadership where they stand concerning the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, um, and they'll be able to answer those questions for you, okay? Okay, sweet. That um, cleared a lot for me. And um, at first I was concerned because, you know, I'd never been to any kind of denominational church. But um, I honestly haven't been seeing any difference at all from... Um, yeah. cause I've been to a couple of Calvary chapels, and I don't, I don't see a difference. They are exactly the same. So right. I just, not, yeah, you yeah. made it clear it, for me uh, that yeah. it's okay not as long all, as they're speaking to the Word of God. And, right, uh, right. And not all denomina- denominational churches are bad. Now, many of them have forsaken the Word of God, but not all of them. And that's why mm-hmm. you have uh, certain certain denominations that have broken away from, you know, the main denomination that, you know, started out. Here's the thing, December. Many of the denominations, Methodists, Presbyterians, uh, Episcopals, started out as um, a movement of God, you know, um, Mm -hmm. started out being faithful to the Scriptures and and God working through them. And then over time, um, some of them and a lot of them have drifted away from believing in the Scriptures and uh, have endorsed, you know, um, practices and, and beliefs that are not scriptural at all. And so you have others that have broken away from that and are staying true to the scriptures. So this may be the case for the Presbyterian. And um, But as long as um, they are um, holding true to the scriptures, because there are non-denominational churches that you see more and more that are beginning to abandon the scriptures and uh, mm-hmm. go their own way. And so you got to be careful in whatever church that you go to. Okay, sweet. Um, All right. I'll be going ahead and asking one of the leaders just yeah, to they'll clarify. Be, they should be able, see, thank they'll you. Be able to. Mm-hmm. You bet. God bless you. Okay, bye-bye. Uh-huh. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And let's see. Let's go to line one to Lisa in Castle Rock. Lisa? Hi. How are Hello? you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How can we bless you today? Um, well, about six months ago, my husband was uh, diagnosed with throat cancer, and he's been through the treatments, and it's just been terrible for him. The good part is that he has an 80% survival rate from this, but um, personally and spiritually, he's struggled. So I can see okay. God working in both him and me through this. But um, he want, we're not from here. We're from Mississippi, and we he wants to go home. So I'm just asking for prayer. Is that the right thing to do during all this right. that's going on? And just there are, you know open doors and let me know what's right. Right, and be happy to do that. So, Father, I lift up Lisa and her husband 
who's gone through uh, this sickness, uh, this cancer, even though the doctors say that, um, that there's a good chance of survival, uh, which is good news, we want to pray for him. We pray that you would touch him, that you would bring healing, that you would strengthen his body, help him through the treatments. But Lord, I also pray that you would encourage him and strengthen his heart, that it, this would cause him and Lisa to just turn to you and look to you. And Lord, it is hard when you're away from home. Um, and I pray that you would help him and Lisa to make the right decision, whether they stay or go back to Mississippi, that you would give them a peace that rules in their hearts, that they would look to you, that, Lord, that you would make it clear in um, their lives that that's what they're to do. And so, Lord, I pray that you would touch this couple, that you would work in so many ways that they need, and that they would look to you and trust that you're going to guide them and direct them in every way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lisa, in Colossians chapter 3, it says that the Lord desires to give us a peace that rules in our hearts. And that's what Paul prayed for. And as you pray about whether to stay here or go back to Mississippi and your husband, that the Lord desires to give you a peace. And that word rule in uh, Colossians 3 means that God's going to make the call. It, it literally means like an umpire. Um, and as you seek him, He's going to desire to guide you and direct you and give you a peace. So, you know, um, we're going to pray that the Lord gives you that peace, uh, what to do next, that he's going to give you rest and peace during this time of difficulty uh, as he's going through cancer treatment because the Lord not only wants us to trust in him, but the Lord wants us to rest in him. And I think sometimes we get restless um, when we're going through trials and difficulties. So, uh, look to him, uh, ask for God's peace and rest, and um, he's going to speak to you in that still small voice. What lies ahead for you? Because he wants the very best for you. Okay? Yes, thank you so much. You are welcome so much, Lisa. God bless you. Mm-hmm. I'll be praying for you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go to line two, Dustin in Baltimore. Dustin? Hello? Yes, Hello. Yeah, first time uh, caller, first time listener. Uh, thank you for your show. Um, yeah, um, I was wondering um, when Christ was on the cross between the two thieves, and the one on the right said, "Remember me when you come into your kingdom," and Christ said, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." Well, how could that actually be when he had to descend into hell, and and on the third day he rose? That's a very good question. As most of the people know, just for the sake of our listeners, that um, as one of the thieves on the cross dying next to Jesus said that um, you'll be with me before the sun is set, you'll be with me in paradise. And so in the Old Testament, um, there's a place called Sheol. But Luke kind of brings clarification in that. When you read in Luke chapter 16, I believe um, that Luke tells a story of a rich man and Lazarus. And oftentimes in the Old Testament, you see like the Lord would tell Moses, Moses, you're going to die, and then I'm going to gather you to my people. Um, and then also that place Sheol is, is spoken of. Well, in Luke chapter 16, 
the rich man and Lazarus. I'm going to give you uh, kind of a text. I'm not going to read it all, but verses 19 through 31 of the chapter, Jesus tells us a story of uh, a beggar named Lazarus uh, who uh, ended up dying and then a rich man who ended up dying. And Lazarus would go to that place uh, that was called Paradise or Abraham's Bosom. And there would be a chasm there. And then on the other side was the place of the unrighteous dead. And that's where the rich man went. And the rich man called over to Abraham and said, Hey, can you send Lazarus over to touch my tongue with water because I'm in torment, I'm thirsty? And Abraham said, No, there's a chasm, can't cross. And and so we know that as Jesus uh, would say to the thief, You'll be with me in paradise. That when he died, he would, if you would, escort the thief down into that place of paradise or Abraham's bosom. He would, um, you know, uh, make the, the um, as he set captivity free, as Ephesians says, he first descended before he ascended. He told him, this is what you're waiting for. Um, I died for your sins. He would then um, present his blood to the holy tabernacle in heaven and now that area of paradise or Abraham's bosom is empty. So the Bible now tells us in Second Corinthians chapter 5, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So now when a believer dies, they go immediately to be with the Lord uh, in heaven. And the other, yeah, the other half of the, um, of the Sheol uh, the place of the unrighteous dead, they're still there. And we know that at the end of the uh, the millennium reign, that uh, as Revelation chapter 20 says, the second resurrection, that they will be resurrected, and then they will stand before the great white throne judgment, and they will be sentenced to outer darkness. So that's what you have. Before the cross, they were waiting for Jesus, who would come and die for the sins of humanity once and for all. Because all the Old Testament sacrifices, kofar, it was a covering until Jesus came and died once and for all. That's what Hebrews declares. But they were looking forward to the cross. Um, You know, Galatians, Romans, uh, we see that Paul makes the case that they were saved by faith. You know, Abraham believed God and was counted to him for righteousness. But they were in that holding chamber until Jesus came and died once and for all. So So that's... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was I was just going to say, uh, so everybody in the ancient times before the cross descended instead of ascended. Yeah, it seems to what the Scripture indicates is they were in Abraham's bosom, and that's where Lazarus was. And, and it's not a parable that Jesus tells in chapter 16. It's a story, and um, and he tells that story. So they were in Abraham's bosom. The other half was, um, you know, was the place of torment. And so now, um, because Jesus died for their sins, the paradise is empty. Um, and now to be absent from the body, we know the New Testament says very clear, is to be present with the Lord. It, well, that, go to heaven. Yeah, that's kind of funny because we all think of heaven as paradise. Yeah. And and that's what people say. But paradise was most specifically that holding chambers until Jesus came and died for our sins once and for all. And, um, you know, and then we know that Paul, he said, 
um, between two straits, uh, whether to stay here and be with you as he was writing to the Philippian believers or whether, um, you know, to go home and be with the Lord. So uh, the Bible is very clear that immediately when we take our last breath, that we go home to be with the Lord in heaven. Oh, okay. Uh, Just one more question. Uh, When uh, Christ was born, uh, I mean, before he was born, he uh, was on the throne on the right-hand side of God. But when he was born and he left uh, heaven to become on earth, was the throne uh, empty? Well, yeah, I've never really thought of it that way, but he, he humbled himself. Um, became a man, as Philippians chapter 2 says, and then um, became obedient to death, to death on the cross. So, good question. So, uh, but he came to this world, and now he's sitting on the throne. That's the important thing, right? That's right. So, hey, Amen. We got, hey, we got to take a break. Thanks for calling, Dustin. Uh, we'll okay. be right back. God bless. Right, God bless. We'll be right back. God bless. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. I'm so blessed to be with you. Uh, As I mentioned at the top of the show, I have been gone for the last couple weeks, just got back from Israel doing a study tour with a group, and I am delighted to be with you. Love to answer your questions point you to the scriptures, pray with you. The number to call is 303-690-3000. We have a couple lines open, so give us a call. We had a great first half, and uh, would love to just be able to uh, continue having the Lord bless all of us, listeners, uh, Grace FM, Colorado, and into southern Wyoming, and then Hope FM as well in the East Coast and Pennsylvania, Maryland, and New Jersey. I hope you're having a blessed day. I am Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. Delighted to be with you. I'd like to just make a quick announcement for you in the northern Colorado area. We're going to have a men's conference, a one-day men's conference, on Saturday, March the 25th. And the theme of the conference is Choose This Day. And we want to encourage you. It's from 9 o'clock in the morning till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And we'd love to just be able to bless you guys uh, with the Word of God encouraging you to follow the Lord and look to the Lord um, and to choose to just uh, have Him be supreme in your life. And so, men, uh, sign up for that. You can sign up online if you'd like to, calvarychapelgreeley.com, and it's $10 at the door. Uh, when you come, it's going to include a catered lunch, Qdoba. Uh, it's going to be a good lunch, so time of worship. Uh, we're going to ha- be praying, uh, sweet fellowship, So mark it on your calendars, March the 25th, 9 to 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 9 in the morning, doors open at 8 o'clock, and choose this day, one day's men's conference here at Calvary Chapel Greeley, and would love to have you come if you're in this area of northern Colorado to bless you and to meet you. All right, we want to continue with our calls. Again, 303-690-3000. Let me give you that text number. 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. If we get some time, love to answer some of those questions. But let's go to Tim in Denver. Tim, you're on Calvary hey, Live. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you today? Oh, not too bad. I had a question for you. Um, so 
What do you think about someone if it would be possible if they could lose their salvation? I know that the that Jesus says once uh, you are in the Father's hand, no one could ever pluck you, and He'll never turn your back. But what if you turn your back to the Lord and you backslide into a, a life of unrepented sin? Yeah, and that's a question that a lot of people ask. You know, somebody who makes a profession of faith and uh, seems to be, you know, um, saved, and then all of a sudden they say they aren't a believer anymore. Did they lose their salvation? First of all, I want to say that salvation is a work of God, um, and uh, only he knows truly the heart. But what I see in Scripture is once you're born again, there's nothing in Scripture that talks about being unborn again. We also know that there's many Scriptures talking about that in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work will bring it to completion, especially in the day of Christ Jesus. So that work that he's begun in us of salvation, he's going to bring it to completion. Uh, The scripture Mm -hmm. also talks about in Ephesians, being sealed with the Holy Spirit of God, uh, the Holy Spirit sealing us for the day of redemption. Um, That's an important word, sealed, uh, because it's interesting. In a comparison in the book of Revelation, when the Antichrist uh, or Satan, that is, is is thrown into the bottomless pit after the tribulation period. It says there was a seal that was put on the bottomless pit. pit. He couldn't get out. And the seal is speaking of, of ownership when it talks about that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And um, so uh, we have those things. Uh, he has given us a spirit as a guarantee, Second Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, Peter talks about that he has kept us for salvation, um, you know, the precious salvation that we have in First Peter chapter 1. So, Tim, there's just a lot of verses that talk about the security of the believer. And um, so the question is, can you turn your back on the Lord? Um, you know, he, here's the difficult part. Were they even a believer? Um, and I think that once a person is sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, they're born again, um, that there may be backsliding, maybe they come back. Um, you know, the prodigal son talks about that. But I do see that the Scripture talks about the security of the believer. Now, somebody who disagrees may be thinking, well, what about you can just say you're saved and walk away? Well, were they saved in the first place? Second of all, we see that the Scripture talks about that this salvation is not a game to play around with. Um, and Paul would say to the Corinthian believers, examine yourselves to see if you are in the faith. So um, I believe in the security of the believers. I, I believe that um, that you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, just as Ephesians says in Second Corinthians, and that he will keep us for salvation. But we need to really examine to see if we're even in the faith and not play around with this salvation, you know, um, one of the things, Tim, that is kind of interesting that I noticed, it kind of hit me a little bit more, is uh, in Luke that we're studying on Sunday mornings, that Jesus is being very pointed about salvation. And he's talking to, you know, his countrymen. He's talking to the Jews. And one of them is saying, you know, are many going to be saved? And he talks about the narrow road. He talks about there's a narrow road that leads to salvation. Strive to enter into the narrow road, into the gate, uh, and many will go by the wide uh, gate. But I think that there was a lot of them there, you know, the Jews, and then he deals with the Pharisees and their hypocrisy. 
Um, and he, he's talking about a dinner and an invitation that's been issued to this dinner. And then there was a lot of excuses not to come. But here are those who thought because they were descendants of Abraham that they automatically were saved. And they were going to eat bread in the kingdom of God. And here is Jesus dealing with them, presuming on their salvation. And I think the same thing happens today. There are some that presume that they're saved, but they've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ. So I always say, where are you at today? Where are you at today? Are you in the faith? Don't play around with your salvation. Has there been a commitment to him? Is there, you know, a devotion to him? Is there a belief in him? And I believe that even as James says, as we come to Christ, there's going to be some evidence in there of how we live and how we speak and uh, what we do in life. So hopefully that helps. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's very informative. Thank you so much. You know, it's a question. It's a, a question that gets debated and argued all the time. And, uh, and you know, I am so thankful. I don't worry about losing my salvation. I don't, you know, Tim, I don't even really like that term, lose your salvation, because it almost sounds like, you know, like you lose your car keys or something. Um, right. But, but, you know, we can be assured that, you know, we come to Christ, that we are in his hands, like you brought that verse up, and no one will pluck us out. But don't play around with your salvation. And um, really examine, see if you're in in the faith, as Paul would say. And don't just presume on because, you know, your parents were Christians or you belong to a church or whatever. Um, do you have a surrender devotion to Jesus Christ? Have you come to him? Have you surrendered your life to him? So hopefully that helps. No, absolutely. Me and a, uh, a co-worker were talking about this the other day and uh, just brought it up and uh, figured I would— uh, Ask the question about it, but no, I definitely cleared some things up, so I really appreciate it. Appreciate your calling. So, you have a great day. Thank you, sir. You too. All right, Jim. God bless you. 303-690-3000. As I look at the screen, I think we have open lines, so I'd love to hear from you. And, um, nope, we don't have open lines. I just scaled down. Let's go to line one to Gabe in Aurora. Gabe? Hey, how you doing, Pastor? Good. How are you? I'm very joyful. Thank you for asking, sir. Uh, all right. What you got for me? Um, I got uh, something big, man, uh, but I'm sure as a pastor, you know, nothing's big to you, huh? <laughs> I'm still learning, Gabe. Man, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And uh, good questions people are asking. And, and uh, so I look forward to to trying to help you and your question. Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm almost even, I am ashamed to even say this. So it was uh, it was last month for Valentine's Day, and I take my wife out to, you know, obviously for Valentine's Day dinner. And, um, you know, uh, after dinner, you know, everything's going great. We go to a, a bar. And, you know, Pastor, I'm ordering whiskey on the rocks, you know, you know what, makes a double, and I get drunk. And then, uh, oh, man, and then, you know, um, Pastor, I, I ended up uh, beating my wife. And I, I had blacked out. I didn't, I had only glimpses and bits and pieces of it as a memory. 
uh, afterwards, and, you know, uh, she forgave me, you know, instantly. And it's like, you know, as a as a man, how do we live with ourselves after that? You know, uh, we know that God forgives us for anything, but it's like, right. come on, God, why did I have to do that, you know? And so... Here's the thing, I, Gabe. Here, Here's what I want to tell you. You know, God is merciful. God is good. But... Um, you need to stay out of the bars and you need to stay away from the alcohol because obviously there's a mean streak that comes when you do. And Gabe, listen, I've seen it in so many people that they drink and um, they end up ruining their lives. And that's why in Ephesians it says, don't be filled with wine, but be filled with, you know, the Holy Spirit. Um, Be filled, you know, walk circumspectly, walk wisely, um, not as fools. You've got to stay away from that stuff or it's going to do you in and wipe you out. Because if you're beating your wife, you know, um, she has every right to call the authorities. And um, and it's going to lead down even worse road. Um, you are to, Gabe, love your wife as Christ loves the church. And so it's very important that you look to the Lord, you be in fellowship in a church where men can... Uh, help you and pray for you and encourage you. But, you know, going in that direction is going to bring terrible consequences to you. And and there is forgiveness and God's mercy, but don't presume on that. And there's consequences for doing that. And, brother, you know, I just I need to be honest with you. Stay away from that stuff. And... um and start, are you in fellowship anywhere going to church? No, I'm not. Okay. Gabe, listen, God has called you to be the leader of your home and the leader of your wife. He's called you to live with her in an understanding way. That means the things that are important to her need to be important to you. He's called you to be the head of the wife. That means that you are to love her as Christ loves the church. That means you serve her, you um you cherish her, you love her unconditionally, you are willing to lay down your life. And what you need to do is you need to be plugged into a church, plugged into a men's group where um, they're going to pray for you and help you. You make relationships. But, Gabe, you can't be out there by yourself because one of the things that the enemy, he loves it when Christians are by themselves. They're not in fellowship because then he can entice you and tempt you. But for you to grow in the Word of God, because if you, you know, can, you know, continue and going to the bars and drinking whiskey and all this stuff, it's going to do you in and it's going to wipe you out. Not because Pastor Jeff says so, because the word of God declares that. And he wants to bless your life, but he's not going to bless sin and he's not going to bless compromise. And he's calling you to a place where he wants to work in your life. So there's some decisions that you need to make, Gabe. There's some decisions in doing what is right and learning to be the husband he's called you to be and and the leader of your home. And it's a great need, and there are those that can help you. So I would encourage you, you find a church, find a Calvary Chapel that um, is going to help you and encourage you and bless you in that way. All right? Yeah, thank you for sharing that, man. Okay. Um, And and this is what I... uh, You know, uh, because after that happened, you know, I was just looking at, Romans eight twenty eight and I was you know, God called 
Okay, I think I lost you, Gabe. But um, Romans eight twenty eight. I'll read it for our listeners. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. That's the key, called according to His purpose. If He's going to work for good in this, it's going to be where it's going to cause you to turn to Him, um, to look to Him, and um, and for you uh, to be in fellowship um, and to to learn to rely on the Lord to be the husband that he wants you to be. So let me pray with you. Um, and, Father, I pray for Gabe. I pray that he would do that. And I pray that he'd find fellowship in a church and help him, Lord. Help him to stay away from the alcohol. Help him to stay away from the carnality and to look to you and to be plugged into a place where he can grow in God's word, that He can you help him to be the husband that you called him to be. And, Lord, just work in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Gabe, if you're still listening, what I want you to do is call me back in a few weeks or call one of the pastors. Let us know how it's going. If you found the church, we want to be able to bless you, but we're also going to be honest with you. And one of the things that in my ministry that I don't do, I'm not going to pamper, you know, particularly men. Um, I'm going to be straightforward with you, but you got to stay out of those bars. And um, you got to go to a place with their safety and security, and that is in a place that's going to teach you the Word of God. All right? Let's go to line two, the, to Kern in Baltimore. Uh, this is Kim. Or is it Ken? Ken? Kim. K-E-M. Kim. K-E-M. Yes. All right, Kim. Yes. How are you? I'm not bad. How about yourself? I am good. Thanks for calling. It's good to hear from you guys on the East Coast. And uh, what, what's your name? I'm Pastor Jeff today. Okay, so you are are you the person on the line on the radio right now? What it is is a delay for one week. I've been I wasn't here last week because I was in Israel, but you can still call, and I'll be happy to answer your question. And um, and then this week we'll play next week in the East Coast. That's c- kind of how it goes. Okay, so. So the person on the line, on the radio right now, was saying um, somebody sent uh, sent him an email, and he was saying that the law, that nine of the commandments are moral and and one is not. And do you do you subscribe to the idea? You mean the New Testament does not uh, speak of keeping the Sabbath? Right, it's just exactly what he was saying. Yeah, and, so he was, and he was he was saying he was saying nine of the commandments are moral, and one is not. Well, here's the thing about the Sabbath: the people in, in um, Christians say, "Should we keep the Sabbath? Should we keep the Sabbath law?" And nowhere in the New Testament does it tell us as Christians to keep this the Sabbath law. Paul would write to the Colossian uh, believers. Let no one judge you concerning new moons, festivals, and Sabbaths. The book of Hebrews declares to us that Jesus, he fulfilled the Old Testament law. He, he's our Sabbath rest. We know that Paul would say in the book of Romans that um, one man esteems one day above another. One man esteems every day alike. You be convinced in your own mind. I'm one that I believe that you can worship uh, on any day uh, and um, so the Sabbath law is, is not prescribed as Christians to keep in the New Testament. All right. Very interesting that you say that. So let me ask you then. you have your Bible with you? Of course I have my Bible with me. Okay. I'm glad you do. 
I don't. I'm in my truck. But if you wouldn't mind reading for me, uh, reading for us, um, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15 to 17, to, and, and, and um, Galatians 3, verse 15. Okay, this is what I'm going to say concerning the Sabbath. When the early church, um, when the early church had a meeting, that they were wondering, do we tell the early believers to be circumcised? Um, you know, what do we tell these believers? So, the the apostles Peter, James, and them got together, in what was called the Jerusalem Council. Do you are you familiar? Yeah, with Acts that? fifteen. Acts, I'm, Acts fifteen. I understand that. Okay, I want you to follow my my thought because I don't want to get on a rabbit trail here, and then I'm going to go to the next caller. But here's but I, the but thing: I I, they said I haven't got my this is to ask my question. Well, my, I don't know if you're arguing if we need to keep I, I, the Sabbath I, I, or not. I don't. I'll leave. I'll leave the Sabbath for. A, I, I just want you to read the text I'm reading. I'm asking you to read has nothing to do with the Sabbath per se. Okay. So I just want you to, if you don't mind, it's your program. So I'm asking. Sure. If you don't, so if you don't mind, chapter you nine read, of Hebrews. You read, um, Hebrews nine, verse fifteen to seventeen. For this reason, he who is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgression under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Where where is there that, is a testimony. Is that right? Yeah, there must we, also be your, necessity. Your, your verse 16? Yeah. Necessity uh-huh. of the death of a testator. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the test testator lives okay okay that ver- that verse you just read a while ago so do you know what i'm sure you do but i'm just asking for all of us sake what is a will pastor what is a will is that, when you want to leave something it, right that's what he's talking about right the death of the testator right uh-huh so 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 jesus is the testator it's his will right uh huh. All right. So, would you couple with that verse you just read, Galatians three verse fifteen? Same idea. Galatians three fifteen. Let me read it. Okay, give me a minute. I got to get there. Yes, it's, it's okay. So, brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant. Yet, if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Right. So if if you if 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 a will is established, no one can add to it, right? Yeah. Are you uh, okay? Is that true? I'm, or, I'm or trying not? to figure out what's your question. I'm going to ask a question just to make sure you understand where I'm coming from. A will cannot be added to, especially after the person dies, right or wrong. Yeah. Good. So here's my question now. Since the will, the whole idea of the covenant and the gospel is Jesus Christ, belong to him, he's the one who established it. And he did not establish Sunday keeping before he died, after or before he died. He didn't establish any of that thing. So please explain to us now, how does Sunday become part of the new covenant? How does it get in? It was never kept in the Bible. None of the disciples kept it. 
please explain to the audience how okay. does Sunday keeping becomes part of the covenant if Jesus, before he died, did not place that in his will. Okay, well, I'm going to answer it, and then we're going to move on, because I've already explained a couple verses. I've already explained that... Those verses, you did not explain them. Okay. I can't answer if somebody's talking over me, so we're just going to kind of cut it off. Um, But the thing is, is that the New Testament very specifically says that let no one judge you concerning Sabbaths, new moons, festivals. One man esteems one day above another. One man esteems every day like you be convinced in your own mind. Um, every day is to be worshipped. The early church did worship on the first day of the week. We see that in First Corinthians. We see that in the book of Acts chapter 20 that Paul had gathered with the Christians on the first day of the week. But also in the Jerusalem Council, which I was trying to explain before we kind of got on this rabbit trail is that when he told um, the Jerusalem Council of the Apostles they said listen this is we're going to tell the Christians that they um, would um, you know not eat meat offered to idols for the sake of sensitivity um, that they would not be given over to immorality um, you know don't eat meat that's been strangled and if you do this it is well they didn't say anything about observing the Sabbath so we as Christians were free to worship any day um, and we're not under the Sabbath law. Plus, in Deuteronomy, that was a covenant, the Sabbath that the Lord made with Israel. So that settles it with me. So let's move on. Let's go on, and uh, let's go to line three to Ruth while we got a few minutes from Denver. Ruth? Are you um, with us, Ruth? Yes. How Good are you? Pastor. I'm Good afternoon, Pastor. Good. What can I do for you? Okay, so my question is, um, I'm just a little confused. I started going to a church not too long ago, um, and the time that I've been there, I, you know, I have noticed that they bring uh, preachers from uh, out of state or, you know, even from state, but when they do that, they charge a mission to go listen to those prayers. So is that correct? To do so they what they do they charge what I they know, charge you what did Jesus they do charge you at the church when he was going yeah. around preaching well what did they do charge you at the door yes they you really? have to buy a ticket to go in it's like concert you have to have your ticket to go in well uh, not here if I have a guest speaker um, we give the word of God freely and yeah. um, you know it doesn't matter who it is. Uh, we've always given the Word of God freely. Um, I've never asked for money. People can give. Sometimes when, like, for example, when I was gone in Israel the last couple of weeks, I had some uh, pastors fill in for me, and we'll give them an honorarium, but that's taken out of our budget. Uh, we, right. I can't imagine charging people, even if we did a, a, a you know, special music or we have a, um, you know, a special group come in doing Christian music, we don't charge uh, we never charge for people coming in, and particularly when it comes to hearing the Word of God. We give it freely, and uh, so I've never really heard of that. I think it's a little strange. And, Very. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's so it, that's it, my it, confusion, you know, and I ask the Lord if, if you know, if I'm the one that's wrong, you know, I ask the Lord to guide me, you know, to correct me. But I've been hearing this from other people say, you know, it doesn't sound right. So 
So now I ask the Lord to guide me to the correct place. Yeah, and he will. And um, he he will do that, that, you know, a church that freely gives the Word of God. And, you know, sometimes there are churches that, you know, will have a special guest speaker, and maybe they'll take an offering or something, a special offering for him. And there's nothing particularly wrong with that. But I'll speak for myself. For me, um, you know, we make it out of the budget, you know, an honorarium for somebody to come to, you know, help, you know, meet their needs of traveling and coming here. And um, But to charge somebody at the door to get in, um, I think that uh, the Word of God is free. And uh, you can do, yeah. And um, personally, I wouldn't go um, to charge somebody, you know, at the door. So it, it would be confusing to me. So yeah. <laughs> especially when you're bringing guests, you know, you bring somebody. Yeah, yeah, that's like, the thing, you know, you bring guests along and then you, the, the guests are like, really, they're charging to go in. And it's like, what can I tell them, <laughs> you know? It's like going to the movies or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, hopefully that helps. Yes, we did. And thank you very much for your answer. It really did help a lot. You bet, Ruth. You have a blessed day. Thank you very much. Hey, we're getting to the end of our show. Um, Sorry we didn't get to answer everybody's questions, uh, but we're going to end it here in a little bit. Thank you for your calls. Again, it's been a blessing to be back with you. And um, I pray that you have a good evening. Uh, Thanks for tuning in to Calvary Live. God bless you. And Lord willing, we'll talk to you and see you again next week. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.